Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. Welcome, everybody. This is Conflicts. Once again, your local neighborhood friendly movie and media podcast where we talk about stuff and hopefully you listen and maybe we're interesting and maybe we're not. My name is Rich. I'm the host of the uh, Conflicts podcast. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to. It's, I'm trying too hard, aren't I? I've even got my radio voice going on here where I sound like Goofy. I can't do that very well. But unfortunately, it is just Nick and I again today, so I say, hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. <laughs> I like tried to force you into that, too. Uh, we're missing Laura again. Laura's out being an adult because she is like a responsible, respectable person and not a complete Don't goofball like us. Don't give her too much credit. What the heck? Uh, she, she is definitely uh, less of a goofball than we are. She, she tries to act way more respectable than we do. Yeah, Yeah, we go off a lot. <laughs> but it's October, and you know what October means? The best season ever, yes. slash holiday, slash everything that is magical in the world. This is one of those weird areas where Nick and I definitely do agree. Ooh. Halloween is the best. Halloween is the absolute best. Now, however, I'm not really the, the movie guy for Halloween movies. I love the Halloween, the, the holiday, but not the movies. This is really where Nick shines. Uh-huh. Like, you're the horror guy. Love them. You, you love all of that. It's not really mine. Uh, but we decided today we're going to talk about some movies about possession. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in possession, Rich? Do I believe in possession? Yeah. No, I don't believe in You're anything. not a believer? I'm an evidence-based guy. You get, show me some evidence of something, and I will... Have you ever got on concerned. YouTube and just listened to possession videos or watched them? Do I, I mean, I know... I know how that's manipulated. I edit a podcast. I've done video. Oh, <laughs> I man. mean, I can, I can make a video look like anything, man. No, I no. I'm just I, saying. Like, have you ever just listened to like recordings of possessions back mm, in like the '60s and '70s? Oh yeah, they, oh. back in the day. And you, it's all about the suggestibility of of wanting to hear it. Do they ever give you chills? I mean, I have had movies that have done that, but none of the the presentations. They, they all sound lame to me. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Oh. Um, and I even come from a town that is famous for uh, its possession. They actually have a, a book written about it. It's called The Watsika Wonder. I actually own a copy of the book. Uh, many movies about possession actually draw from that book and that experience because it was very famous uh, back in the late 1800s. No, you said Amityville. That's mm-hmm. that's not on my list. But I have a friend who lives in New York City who actually mm-hmm. went by the Amityville house recently. Mm-hmm. And he posted it on Instagram and he was like, this house gives me the creeps just being out in the front yard. I actually, the so the book I was referring to uh, one of my friends in high school, she lived in one of the houses. Mm-hmm. Um, the t- none of the houses I uh, in town I'm in were still like I, the house I grew up in was built in the 1880s. Um, so very old Victorian style, very tall, like three story houses. Uh, but both of the houses in the book are still there, and people live in them. So she lived in one of them, and it was very interesting because I actually took the book with me one day over to her house. So I'm reading through the section of a book where they're walking through the house. And like, you know, the, he's talking about the stairs and the, the, it's one of those old houses where like the first couple of steps are very short 
because the stairs above them are right there. So you have to, you know, and I'm not very tall and even I could bonk my head on them. Uh, I had the smaller rooms and the smaller door frames, but it was kind of fun to just, you know, trade, you know, walk through the house as you're reading that section of the book where they're yeah. describing where they're going. How fun. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So how do you want to start this, Rich? I'll let you go first. You're let me go Since first? this isn't your real like cup of tea, I want to know, what uh, is your number three? All right, so I'm going to start with number three, and we'll count down with this. Um, so you're going to laugh at me once I get to number two, but I'll start here with number three. So this is from 1983, the movie mm-hmm. Christine. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. a, it's a movie about a possessed car, so No, it I dig it. It's uh, obviously based on a Stephen King novel, um, which, uh, you know, I'm a big Stephen King guy. Yeah. Right? And I was I was back in high school. Like, I went through a huge Stephen King phase uh, through high school and college. Um, I haven't, I've never gone through a phase like that with him since then, but on and off, I'll grab, uh, you know, a Stephen King book. I'm going through my Stephen King phase now. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, like, are you doing, like, the old school Stephen King or, yeah. like, post-accident, I'm even more messed up in the head Stephen King? So, I have read it. Okay. I am actually Great listening book. to oh yeah. I am actually listening to the audiobook of it right now for nice. a second read through. Uh I read Christine. I just finished Christine, yep. so that's why I laughed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, no, that's cool. It's actually kind of hard not to pick a King uh movie or ad- adaptation for me. Uh and I read Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. That was way better than the movie. Oh, absolutely. And I just finished last week Salem's Lot. See, I find it funny because you know I, I talk about how this is really your more your wheelhouse with the horror movies. Yeah, but I love books yeah. that are horror based. You know, not just Stephen King, although he is one of my one of my favorites. I, I just don't feel that a lot of them translate to the screen well, which as you talk about some of the Stephen King movies, many of them don't. But I did enjoy Christine, the movie, even all the way back in the day. You know, the red and white uh, 58 Plymouth Fury is still just kind of this iconic. Yeah. Um, that is a horror movie car staple. Yeah, which he actually got it wrong in the book. The uh, version that he describes in the book didn't actually exist. I think they said that in the book. Yeah. It was a, it was a custom order. Oh, it did. I, mm-hmm. I have to go back and double check that. Yeah. Um, but that that's that's my number three right there. Stephen King right out of the gate. Give me a killer possessed car, and we're all over it. I love the the terror. Uh, you know, a lot of the, one of the horror tropes is that certainty, like that mm-hmm. you can't escape it, and. For me, I hate the, I, you know, I'm running away from Jason and we're tripping and falling. And it's like, you know, you could just like walk away at a brisk pace. The guy's limping so severely mm-hmm. that you don't have to run. And it always just ruins it for me. But like a car, you can't outrun a car. No. So when you're running frantically, it's like, now I understand why you're running. And they describe that in the book mm-hmm, they and do. in the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's why that one is there for me, because what do you do? Yeah. No, I actually respect that. That's awesome. That's cool. Oh my goodness, that's that's terrible. What's your number three before we uh, before we ruin the whole thing? Here? <laughs> I know what is it. So my number three is a newer movie, newish. It came out in 2013, okay. and that is the Evil Dead remake. The Evil Dead remake. Okay, yes. All have right. you seen it? I have. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, that movie was absolutely terrifying. For them to remake a classic independent horror movie mm-hmm. and make it to what it was and still kept the core love and value of the original and then amp it to 5,000, they nailed it for me. Absolutely. 
Um, no, I, I did. I did indeed watch that one. That is a October staple. Hmm. Okay. I- interesting. I, I don't know if I would have guessed that one for you. Yeah. Um, it's not on my list, but that's, that's respect. Once again, I, why well, I say that I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> I actually own two copies of it. I own it on DVD and on Blu-ray. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. You like used to, that's funny. Like you're the younger guy, but you still have all of the physical copies. I do. And yeah. we don't, I, I don't own anything. I know. Um, Isn't that weird? Like you're, I, you'd think that I'd be the one like, no, digital download only, but no, if it doesn't come out physical, I don't want this crap. We, we laugh uh, at work. I work with a fairly small crew of people, and the youngest of us is the one that's worst at technology. What? Yeah, absolutely. Easily the worst at, at you know, understand. I'm constantly having to to help this person uh, through things at work, and just, it, it, there's that, just a little bit of disconnect. Not, you know, there's a very intelligent person, mm-hmm. but just doesn't, that it doesn't click right all the time with, with technology. Yeah. So you, you know, and you would think that I'd be all about digital downloads and stuff like that, because I work in IT. That is my degree. But for some reason, when it comes to a movie or an album, I want a physical copy. Yeah, well, I'm that way with books, though. So, Oh, yeah, I can't do e-readers either. It's no. a very geek thing to do is to, to want to have your collection, your geek stash. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, I don't extend it to movies for some reason. Huh. That's interesting. But anyway, yeah, no, uh, that movie... Uh, totally hit home with me. I remember walking into the theater here, which is now Alamo. Mm-hmm. It was Campbell 16. Yep. And I remember seeing the gigantic poster advertising for it in my mind. I lost it in the lobby. I was like, yes! <laughs> and I think I watched it like two or three times in theater. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think the the female lead role, Mia, uh, Jane Levy as the star. Mm-hmm. I think she nailed the possession, becoming that demon and taking everybody down with her. I even actually went to Universal Studios that year and they had the haunted house for oh, the really? Evil Dead remake. And it was amazing. Interesting. Uh, you did get the, uh, I believe it was just a voice cameo of Bruce Campbell at the end of that Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, I'm a huge Bruce Campbell fan. Yeah. You even got my picture with the man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's he's fantastic. So, yeah, I absolutely respect that choice. Just don't know if I'd have guessed that. What for, <laughs> as I'm drinking, what's your number two, Rich? All right, now, number two, here's where you're probably going to laugh at me a little bit. Okay. But, I'm going to go back to 1980, mm-hmm. all the way back to 1980. Uh, here's an interesting piece about this movie before I tell you what it is. This is one of the first movies to use a Steadicam. You know, the little... Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm not going to knock you for 80s movies, because <laughs> I love 80s movies, and I love 80s but, horror movies. Well, I think you're going to laugh at me, because this is another Stephen King movie, and that's The Shining. I, I'm never knocking that. I love that freaking Jack movie. Jack Shelley Duvall, but I do have stu- two Stephen King movies on here, but I had to be honest with myself as to what I thought, you know, really were my favorite movies about possession. All work and no play makes mm-hmm. Jack a dull boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick, which Kubrick and I go back and forth on whether or not I like his work, but this is definitely one of the ones that I do. Uh, this is fantastic. I do have a bit of a confession. I haven't watched Dr. Sleep yet. I haven't either. I haven't read the book. Um, I, I haven't either. I haven't read that one either. I, I want to read the book first. I mean, Stephen King's one of those guys that's hard to keep up with. He can write faster than I can read. I'm pretty yeah. certain that guy just, he just does a line of cocaine and wakes up the next morning with a book. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, well, not anymore, <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, he's he's had some health struggles, but I love Stephen King. Love The Shining, classic movie. You know, there there is nothing more scary than that film, and I think it even holds up today. It's funny because Stephen King hates that movie. He does, which is weird. Um, you know, I think he believes Maximum Overdrive is the one that he says is the worst Stephen King movie. Didn't he direct that? Yes, that's hysterical. Yes, <laughs> yes that's that uh, is true, and that's what he says. Huh. But that's that's what I'm going with, and I I'm uh, I'm standing firm. Stu, two Stephen Kings, yeah, yep, I did it. Went to the same well twice. I I respect it. I dig it. All right, all right. What do you got for two? Come on, give me your two. All right, my number two was a film from 1973. Ooh, you're going back even further than I am. I am, and mm-hmm. we have already discussed this. Okay, earlier actually on the same podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Okay, mm-hmm. you're going back like the OG. Like I am. Every- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So this. Have you ever read the book? I have. Yes. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I have a copy of the book. Uh. This is a movie that was written for the screen by the author of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh. This movie scared me so bad when I was a child. Like that's you know I have said it before. My parents never really monitored what we watched. My mom rented this movie for us when I was like seven. And I never in my life, I couldn't leave their room for a week. Hmm. I, I mean, it was bad. And to this day, it still scares me, but it's still one of those movies that I could watch like while I'm trying to go to sleep and then I'll wake up and the DVD screens like Reagan's <laughs> head, like possessed yeah. Satan. Like it, it's just everything about that movie, the acting spot on. I think that this was the first horror movie to win, uh, an Academy Award, I believe. I'd have to check that out. I, I'm not for certain, but it... But they did the best adaptation from a horror book to a movie with this, I feel. Uh, I mean, of course, you had to edit some things out because that <laughs> book was, like, beyond NC-17. Yeah, it was a little rough. Yeah, I mean, and there's some. If you've watched the director's cut of The Exorcist, like, it's... Even there was worse. some stuff that was yeah. cut out that you're like, oh, yeah. So, do you remember the palace that was here? Mm-hmm. Oh, the Dollar absolutely. Theater yeah, that's we used no to go longer over there. here. Rest in peace. So during October, they used to do Halloween month, and every weekend they'd play different horror movies. And they played this one on Halloween, like the second year I moved to Springfield, and mm-hmm. I went and watched it. So I did get the privilege to watch it in theaters uh, one time, and it was the director's cut. And it still, to this day, holds holds true to being scary no matter how many times you watch it. I don't think I ever watched that one in the theaters. Uh, by the way, it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, only winning Best Screenplay and Best Sound. It was nominated for Best Picture, but did not win. Yeah. But it was the first horror film to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. You know, one of the things I think that movie does really well is it builds. Mm-hmm. You know, so many horror movies, they just kind of are always slapping you in the face with it and not letting it build to something that's truly scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Exorcist, in my, in my opinion, does a much better job of building and keeping that tension. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, which for me is, is a much better way to do it. If you don't have tension or you force the and tension. character development. Yeah. Sure. Because you got to know who these people are. They're going mm-hmm. in to fight the devil. Yeah. You, you got to understand it and give a crap. Yeah. Or you just don't give a crap. And uh, also a little shout out. Like if you haven't read the book and you don't want to read the book, but you think <laughs> it'd be great. If you get the audio book, it is, it is read by the author. Oh, really? That, that is a, that is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you know, it is, it's a classic Linda Blair turned in a great yeah. performance. You know, Max von Sydow 
I mean, that, yeah. you know, this is a guy who had a great, great career. performance. Holy cow. Uh, another thing is that set was haunted, so they say. Really? During the filming. And uh, that room for the final possession, like for the exorcism, mm-hmm. was so cold that humidity got in there overnight and it actually caused snow on the set. Huh. That is a little bizarre. Ooh. And also very cold. <laughs> a green pea soup. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched a com- uh, comedy version of that starring Linda Blair also yes. repossessed? <laughs> yes, I, I do. It was fantastically done. Yeah. I, lo- I love it when they make fun of themselves. Mm-hmm. I really do. That That's just a, a great way to... To you know, to look at things and not take themselves too seriously, even though that movie was fairly serious. Yeah. What's your number one, Rich? Okay, I'm gonna throw you a curveball at you. Okay. Um, you know, I was surprised when I went back to this movie that I found out it was not a, considered a successful movie or uh, particularly popular. Of course, you know me; I don't give a crap what the critics say. But mm-hmm. in my mind, the best movie involving possession. Was from 1998, starring Denzel Washington, Fallen. Okay, so I've never seen this movie. You've never seen this so movie. So I'm like, I know I can see the poster or cover to the movie in my mind, but I'm like, oh, I've never it's seen this. John Goodman, Donald Sutherland, James Gandolfini, wonderful, amazing cast. I'm gonna have to look this. And up And it's really a great quick. story from beginning to end. The, the you know it starts and ends with the line I want to tell you about the time I almost died. Huh. It's about a fallen angel named Azazel who can pass from person to person and possess them by touch or a limited range without touch. But Denzel Washington uh, is able to ward off the possession in the, at the beginning of the movie. So Azazel goes about uh, the rest of the movie trying to get Denzel Washington yeah. to die because he doesn't want anybody to know that he exists. So what he does is basically goes elaborate uh, frame frame up jobs uh, to get them killed in one way or another. And with this way, as a police detective, he goes around and commits some murders by other people to make it look like Denzel Washington's character committed the murders, um, which, by the way, would have been copycat murders from a serial killer that he put away. Huh. So everybody thinks that he then he became the copycat killer, when it's really this is, is this Azazel who can possess different bodies. Yeah, there's a wonderful scene where Denzel is washing, uh, walking through his uh, precinct and Azazel is jumping from body to body and carrying on a conversation with him, but like it's a couple of words in each body. But then the people that he possesses don't know that they were possessed momentarily. So it, it's wonderful at this, this sense where like you can't get away from him, but he can't acknowledge it because then he's just freaking out. People think he's crazy. It's it's a fantastic. That's awesome. That's it's, actually really cool. Yeah. Then he comes up with this elaborate plan at the end where he goes to this remote cabin in the woods because he realizes that uh, Azazel can't live outside of a body more than a very short period of time. So if he lures them out to this cabin, he goes and he smokes a cigarette laced with poison and lets Azazel know he's there. So Azazel comes out in the body of one of his buddies. He shoots his buddy and kills him right after he smokes the cigarette. So the Azazel has to jump into him. And then... He himself will die, but they're out in the middle of nowhere without anybody around. So it should kill Azazel. That's his, that's his big plan at the end of the movie. Huh. Yeah, no, it is a fantastic movie. Come on, Denzel Washington. I've never actually heard. I, I, I just looked at the uh, looked it up on IMDb. That's what I was looking down for. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard of this. I loved it so much that when you suggested this idea, it was the first thing that popped into my head. Really? Oh, absolutely. My favorite movie about possession. I thought it was super eerie the way this this 
creature could just jump from person to person, and they did some wonderful filming on it. Nice. So that that's it. That's that's my top. Now you got a movie to watch. I do. Absolutely. Go back and watch it. Huh. Okay. Now I'll have to check that out. So <laughs> what do you got? Where'd you know? Are you ready one? for my number one? Come on. I'm expecting something big from you, Nick. You're the horror guy. So I am a big fan of especially in, in the genre of horror, movies based on true stories. Okay. That's why I was asking if you have ever sat there and just watched stuff on YouTube and mm-hmm. like possessions. And my number one is actually uh what year did that come out? <laughs> uh, man, twenty thirteen was a good year for horror movies. Apparently, apparently so, yeah. Uh mine is the first conjuring movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ed and Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh that movie is rated R. And it is rated R pretty much on scare factor. There is <laughs> yeah. hardly any cursing. I don't even think there's an F-bomb. There's mild gore, but the the jump factor and the pure terror that they put together for that movie is so scary. I watched it in theaters. And I had to go home alone, <laughs> and I slept with the lights on, and that that never <laughs> happens to me. I just have this picture in my Ever. head. I had to go drop off a friend. I didn't want to take him home. I was like, oh, man, like, hmm, this sucks, because then I got to drive down the road by myself. <laughs> <laughs> but the, this movie started, I guess you would say a, a franchise, because, I mean, they have their spinoffs and of the Annabelle and the Nun. Yeah, and I think stuff. it counts. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really think. To me, I don't. It's too new to be a franchise. To me, like whenever I think of horror franchises, I'm like totally eighties. It's when it is, but it's the start of one for sure. That was like the golden age for horror movies. Yeah, yeah. But this movie has a phenomenal cast, phenomenal acting. To me, well written to bring a true horror story to life. And you can actually uh, rent that ha- the real Conjuring House in Massachusetts or wherever. Really, it's at, uh, Airbnb. Yeah. Oh, no, that's a now. See, that would be fantastic. I'd totally do it. I'd wear my rosary, but like, I'd totally do it. No, and you know, I mean, there's some wonderful casting there, though. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. I mean, Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga. I mean, that's that's uh, that's that's pretty solid. I it, Lily Taylor is that how you say her name? I believe so. I absolutely love that woman. Anything she's in, she nails it. Um, absolutely. I mean, Mystic Pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I'm trying to remember what she's been in. Uh, she was in Six Feet Under. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. She uh, was awesome in that show. Uh, Ransom. That's right. She was in Ransom. Mm-hmm. I about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a great cast. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I've, I've seen that movie, and I, I'm not going to knock it in any way. Uh, but I definitely didn't have the response that you did. Really? Yeah. That was actually the first date night movie for my wife and I. Really? Yeah. Well, now, see, that that's charming. Scared her, too. We had to watch <laughs> it in two days. Like, we started it, got too scared. She got too scared because I bought it <laughs> and uh, stopped it. And then we had to finish it during the day. Hmm. See, I, I can't, I've hardly ever had movies like have any sort of a lasting effect on me that way. Mm. Like there's been some movies where I'm like, ooh, it's a little spooky. Yeah. Uh, but rarely ever like afterwards am, am I like watching 
There's yep. still sometimes when I'm watching this movie at the end, whenever like they're under the house and they yell, Batshima! <laughs> which is a re- who that's real. I looked that up. Really? That is a scary, horrifying story. And when they yelled her name under the house and she just, and that music, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting, I just gave myself chills down my spine thinking of it. Interesting. Yeah. I love this movie. Uh, you know, it's a solid movie. Like I said, that's why I'm not I'm not going to knock it in any way. But I definitely, uh, I don't know, it definitely didn't affect me that much. <laughs> I just, I mean, it was a good movie, but this is getting in the territory where uh, a lot of the standard horror tropes that are uh, a little lost on me sometimes. Really? Yeah. I, mm. th- this definitely isn't one of the worst ones. There's a lot of them that uh, honestly bore me, and this one, this one didn't bore me by any means. Yeah. Uh, that's why I said I don't want to knock it, but... It's definitely getting a little further away from uh, down the path of what I, I enjoy the most. Yeah. Uh, so I actually, I'm cheating. <laughs> I have an honorable mention. All right. What do you got for an honorable mention? So it's good, but it wasn't good enough for my top three. But it is a good, fun movie. And if you have not watched it, I recommend it. Okay. Uh, so this is the part that I hate about it. All right. And I, I really, truly hate it when horror movies are PG-13. Okay. I don't know why, because I feel like you could push that envelope a little harder and make it horrifying and make it rated R. Yeah, it's one of those where it feels like you're kind of wimping out for the yeah, sake of a larger Yeah, you kind of hit the Mickey Mouse button. Yeah, it's the uh, the horror movie. Like, go, go for it or don't do a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. And But this one actually was good, and I kind of can't believe that it is PG-13 because they did a good job with it. It does have a Blair Witch Project feel, because uh, it's shaky cam, all mm-hmm. by hand, handy, handy cam or whatever oh, you call yeah. those. Uh, the Last Exorcism. Um, I don't know that I watched the the most recent one, because uh, I, well, I hate the shaky cam thing. Yeah, I know a lot of people do. Uh, so this movie was from 2010, Okay, and it's a Louisiana preacher who lost his faith, go figure, uh, <laughs> and he still preaches... But he is making a documentary debunking uh, exorcisms, mm-hmm. and he goes out to a Louisiana farm where a girl is possessed, and he's trying to debunk it and come to find out she is truly possessed. Okay. And so his documentary takes a turn to, I'm debunking it to, holy crap, I better find the Lord again and <laughs> make this chick right. I need me some Jesus. Yeah. So again, I mean, it is kind of, but <laughs> it's still fun and I highly recommend it. I'll watch Fallen if you watch The Last Exorcism. Take uh, a Dramamine first. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't make me dizzy. I just hate watching it. Mm. I'm like, first of all, it doesn't it, it doesn't do anything for me. They, it, they're, they're trying to add some element and it does the opposite for me. I'm like, just freaking hold still and move the camera. Yeah. You know, that, that's not how our vision works. When we're running, where our heads don't shake around like that. You know, yeah. When, our, our eyes steady that out for us. We have a certain amount of built-in stabilization. Well, so, this one's shaking because it's his film crew with his little thing running and not trying to lose it. Yeah, I, I, yeah no, I know, I know. But I, I hate shaking it. It's one thing I didn't like about the Cloverfield movies. Ah, uh, yeah, which is a really good movie, though. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I could say some nice things about those movies, but Shaky Cam is, in my opinion, is always bad. I've never seen it used where I thought it, it did anything to add to the movie. It, it always worked takes for away. the Blair Witch because it was uh, the first of its kind. I freaking hated the Blair Witch. Project. Did you? 
We want to talk about a movie that I absolutely despised. Everything about that movie I hated. Like very, very early in that movie, I'm rooting for the witch. Really? They were the dumbest motherfuckers. They wanted I wanted well, them to die. And well, they the did. the yeah. They in did. real life too. Uh, yeah. Then I, I hate the marketing idea behind that too, where it's one of those where it's like that only works on the gullible people. You're like, oh yeah, really? This is a DVD they found and they put up and made a movie out of it. And yeah. the parents are allowing yeah, this. That's that's how legal things work in this country. Uh-huh. Sure it does. And then they make it seem like that. And then I'm like, okay, I knew people at that time who were much better at holding a camera. But on the fact that like when you're scared, who's going to continue to hold the camera? That sucker's getting dropped, it's getting thrown, or it's true just, story. Still fun though. Oh no, it was awful. I, uh, those I was kids in to die. sixth grade when that movie I came out. I those kids to die. The scene where they're in the tent and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm so scared!" And I'm like, "Why?" Because apparently, whatever it is can't get through the nylon tent. You are apparently <laughs> safe and sound, and they're like, "We better run away." And I'm like, "Why?" It can't hurt you. Well, apparently, hey, uh, witches can't cross a circle of salt. Sure, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> That was a that was a lame movie. Like I said, I was the best part of that movie for me is when the witch actually started killing people. I was so happy. Well, there's only three people. There's to even kill. the scene they're like, "Oh my god, we lost our map. What do we do?" And I'm like, "You know, you filmed it like eight times with that video camera you have in your hand with the screen on it that we can see. That <laughs> all you need to do is like rewind and look at the fucking map you recorded. You complete utter fucking moron." <laughs> Oh my Tell us how God. you really feel, jeez. Those, I just like fun horror movies, and I thought it was fun. And you, those were the dumbest kids ever. I'm glad they died. They were kids. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> not, a, not, a, not a single one of them was a Boy Scout, huh? No, uh, no. Didn't went in the woods without even like a knife or something. It was the '90s. Boy Scouts oh. had already fizzled out. Oh my, Boy Scouts are still a thing. Barely. Well, that's true. <laughs> it, Boy Scouts isn't what it used to be like when you were a kid, too. Mm, that, that is very <laughs> that is very true. I say sad. I'm saddened by it in some ways, but they did it to themselves. So they they should have they should have adapted and they didn't. And unfortunately that means they fell by the wayside. So yeah. I'm I'm saddened that they did not adapt and uh, make themselves into a better organization. Yeah. So yeah, let me put it that way. <laughs> There's your little plug for Boy Scouts. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, it's obviously something from a bygone era, and I know people are going to have a lot of opinions about that, yeah. but I, I understand that they should have uh, adapted, and they didn't, and um, that that's where my point where they did the most wrong, not that they weren't a product of their times, but that when, uh, you know, shown that there is a better path, they chose to not take it, so yeah. that's why I'm okay with them falling by the wayside, but I'm saddened by that because I think there was good that came from that organization. Uh, I think they should have just gotten rid of the bad, kept the good, and, and moved forward. So, anyway, there you go. There's my diatribe on the Boy Scouts. <laughs> that's a, that's an upper, isn't it? We're, we're going to end this episode on a total upper. But <laughs> what do you what, what do you get? This is what happens when do Laura you, isn't here. Do Laura, you have an honorable mention? I don't. I had a hard time coming up with those. Think three. of one off the top of your head. If you were just like, "Yep, I wish I would have added that later." Um, off the top of my head, I movies about possession off the top of my head. I don't know that I really have one. I'm not a big fan of movies about. Like, I was like, you're not a fan of movies. No, movies about like <laughs> horror movies and possession. Uh, you know, I kept trying to remember. Does uh, What Lies Beneath count? No, that movie blows anyway. What Lies Beneath was a great that movie. movie oh, that was so good. But I think I was trying to. Does it count as a possession movie? Because nah. was she or was she not actually possessed? I don't know. I've seen it once and I hated it. 
all right. We better end it. Nick and I are going to go out and fist fight. <laughs> hey, conflict so, right there. Somebody call, somebody call 911. We're going to go out in the parking Harrison lot. Ford was too good we're for gonna, that movie. We're so gonna, is Michelle Pfeiffer. We're going to duke it out. It's done. It's over. Thanks for listening, guys. 